0: Praise you, Jesus. If you could turn with me to your Bible, to Genesis chapter 11, we are going to look at the first nine verses of that chapter. Starting at verse 1, Genesis 11 verse 1 to 9 says, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them come let us go down there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech so that the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the earth and they ceased building the city and verse 9 says therefore its name shall be called Babel or Babel because There the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. And the title of my message this morning is, What Are You Building? What are you building? King Jesus, you are a healing God, a righteous God, a holy God. We give you all the praise and all the glory. We feel your presence in this house this morning, but we continue to invite your changing presence into our hearts and our minds and our spirits. God, I pray for the next few moments that every word that comes out of my mouth would be directly from you and only you, not my flesh, Lord, by your spirit as you challenge and change in this place. And in Jesus' precious Holy name we pray, and everyone in the house, before you are seated, say amen. You may be seated. Who loves a good game of Jenga? For those who are unfamiliar with the infamous game of Jenga, the game is first set up by its participants who stack three wooden blocks together in one direction. Then three more blocks are placed on top, facing perpendicular to the blocks underneath. The pattern resumes until a 54-block tower is ultimately formed. When the game begins, each player takes a turn removing one of the blocks not located on the top three levels and places it on the top of the tower without knocking it down, thus building the tower higher and higher The word jenga derived from the swahili word kuanga meaning to build I understand jenga's popularity because we enjoy the challenge of building things building towers from the moment my beautiful baby boy knew how to pick up a block he would immediately try stacking them on top of each other now, as a four-year-old, he's obsessed with building Legos along with my six-year-old daughter. Love to stack and play and create different towers and designs of Legos. Only thing is, my son enjoys Iron Man, my daughter enjoys Elsa. Thankful for gender distinction. And then they build some crazy tower together, and they have a great time. When it snows, they build a snowman. When they are at the beach, they build a sandcastle. When they're in the house, they love building forts at home with chairs and blankets and pillows. And the building continues as we get older. As we grow, we begin building our personalities. When our personality is formed, we begin to build our reputation or go on a quest to build our image. Some commit to bodybuilding... Any bodybuilders in the house? I tried to be a bodybuilder. I'm just not very good. I like burgers more than, I like building burgers. Bishop Dugas was a master builder. You could say both he and Pastor Bland built this building with their bare hands. Many of you have helped them and saw me hide While they were doing it, I was younger then. We build relationships, careers, companies, services, projects, cases, friendships, families, even ministries. We build cities, nations, and also empires and kingdoms. Some kingdoms were built to last for a century, while others were only built to last for a lifetime. The British Empire was built to last for hundreds of years, stretching a record over 13 million miles, being recorded as the greatest empire of all time. Famed empires like the Great Roman Empire the Byzantine Empire didn't even crack the top 20 of the greatest empires of all time. Many kingdoms were built as the result of military conquest, then too often Kingdoms have fallen due to internal greed and grievance. Throughout history, men have had their own kingdoms always behind their eyes, always desiring to build something for themselves. We see these same type of men in our text this morning where we are taken to the event of the Tower of Babel where we find the descendants of Noah who desire to build an independent kingdom away from God. These descendants were a growing population where they all spoke one language. They did not obey the commandment of God to fill the earth. Rather than spreading out As God had ordered, they settled in the land of Shinar, an area of Mesopotamia in Babylon. And once the people settled there, they started a massive building project in defiance of God's commandment. The building established a unified front against God by preventing a scattering. These descendants of Noah had been disobedient to the call of God. They decided to build a tall, proud symbol of how great they had made their nation. A tower constructed of bricks and tar, which many historians believe formed the great ziggurat structure. And the ziggurat tower was primarily built for the purpose of worshipping the heavens. This meant the people were practicing in the art of astrology rather than worshipping their god. They believed that if they could reach the heavens, they could be like God and that they would not need God anymore. And they built a tower on pride and arrogance. The scriptures indicate that the builders wanted to make a name for themselves rather than obeying God's commandment to be fruitful and multiply. They attempted to build a monument to their greatness, The monument was to set themselves up as a power center to their own fame, glory, and personal ambition. They wanted one united government, a kingdom that would rule over all in defiance of the commandment of God. And of course, God did not like the pride and arrogance in the hearts of his people. So he caused them to suddenly speak different languages so they could not communicate and work together to continue to build The tower. This caused the people to scatter across the land. The tower was named the Tower of Babel because the word Babel means confusion. And we must be careful. Because if we build our own kingdoms and we focus on our own wants and needs. And if that goes against the will of what God wants for his people. He will confuse us. And give us the desires of our hearts, which I pray no one would endure this morning. The title of this message formulates four very simple words What are you building? The kingdom of self, the kingdom of capitalism, the kingdom of politics, the kingdom of America. The kingdom of the nations of the world? The kingdom of your own comfort? What is the building that you are doing every day all adding up to? Does your agenda align with God's or is it set against God's kingdom? I encourage in the Holy Ghost for some individuals to take some self-analysis here for a few moments. Are we that different from the people of Genesis 11 who sought to build a kingdom by towering up to the sky in order to make a name for them? Do we unknowingly desire to set up a rival kingdom apart from God and his power? Now the devout position for every human being on earth is to set up a personal kingdom where we are in control of our lives, our choices, and our destiny. This, of course pits our agenda against God's agenda for us and his kingdom. Or maybe as apostolics, as Pentecostals, as Christians, we're a little sneakier than that. We don't outright say or even think about building against God's kingdom, but perhaps we tailor God's kingdom and his agenda to perhaps fit our own. This may be the option that too many Christians take. We ask God to bless our own agenda as we adopt bits and pieces of His. God, I will follow you, but I'll take the lead. Perhaps we don't declarate that in our prayer, but we think it. So we force, I mean, fit our agenda alongside God's. And I echo Brother McClintock this morning. I'm thankful that Pastor not only called us to fast, but media and social media. And I too stayed specifically away from news reports and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all of it, I turned it all off. And I, was, I happened to be in a, a, a Zoom meeting with some brothers the Thursday of that week. And it was after the inauguration. And to some may be surprised. Some were a little disappointed of Brother Biden's inauguration as president. And these men sat there and they were angry. They talked about the inauguration. They were frustrated. And I was just sitting there zoning out. I think I might have been like smiling, staring at something on my desk. Finally, one of the men said, what does the Canadian brother have to say? I said, brothers, I have nothing to say. I said, my pastor called a week of prayer and fasting, so I have absolutely no idea what's going on in the world right now. I tell you this, I felt so much peace and so much joy while I watched brothers in the Holy Ghost robbed of peace and joy of frustration. That taught me something very special. My eyes need to be fixated on the kingdom. Yes, it is important. No problem with having hobbies and interests and other things. But if those hobbies and interests outweigh the kingdom of God, it is all for nothing. Come on, brothers. Where's those tall, handsome men full of hair? Give them a hand clap. I had hair like that when I was three. See, the game of Jenga, hold on. It begins with what? A perfect structure. It's perfection. You may go ahead. The problem with the game of Jenga is that as each person takes his or her turn, the base of the tower progressively becomes unstable. The base of the tower struggles to support its heavy top until it eventually collapses, signaling the conclusion of the game with the loser being the participant who pulled the block that caused the demolition. Untouched, the structure is perfect, like the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is fantastic. It is perfect. It laid a foundation. It has a mission. But what happens is, as we begin to put in our own ideas... Need to make a little bit of money. Need to make a. I need to date this one person. Oh, God called me to do this, not that. Or this didn't feel good. And as we look at the game, we notice every choice. Every decision that we make, it hinders the structure of the tower. What was once a perfect tower, we get in there and we have our own wants, our own needs, our own desires. And then as the tower wobbles, we begin to question, maybe I'm smarter than God? Maybe, maybe I have what it takes. Yes, maybe God has the perfect place for me to go to Bible school, but mom and dad say I need to make money, so I'm going to ignore that and I'm going to place it on top. Or maybe... Maybe I just want to go in this direction. Maybe God is calling me to, to teach certain Bible studies. Or maybe God is calling me to elevate my ministry. God is calling to use me in my community. But I... And then we start thinking, well, what about me? What about, what about my wants? What about, what about my needs? What about what's good for my spirituality? What benefits me? And then there comes the attitudes. And there comes, I'm sure you guys don't do that sedition anymore because you guys have a code, you're spiritual. Back at Gateway, we had rules. <laughs> and I remember the, all the musicians, maybe brother and sister Harvey can testify, the rivalry amongst musicians and singers In chapel service, the preachers were worse because they were quiet. I sat there and I watched other men tear other men down for their preaching because they wanted to elevate their own ministry. What God has for us is so perfect, and it's so wonderful, and it's of his will. If we just don't touch it, if we follow it, We believe in it, but no, we take our time, and what happens? Then we're confused. At first, we're just going to take this away. We're going to take that away, and before long, there's no foundation. But in our minds, we think we're getting taller, Pastor. We think we're benefiting. I know what's good for me. Pastor's not going to tell me what to do. My mom and dad's not going to tell me what to do. What does Brother Brendan know? I'm just going to keep building myself, and I'm going to focus on myself, and I'm going to focus on my ministry. Mine, mine, mine. I should be the preacher. I should be the prayer warrior. I should be the pastor. I would do a much better job of this and that. And we pick and we pull, and what once was God's perfect foundation is no longer there. And as it wobbles, the decisions start getting harder. And we crash and we burn. Who wants to yell Jenga? Oh, we give him a hand clap. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a choice this morning. I believe that what pastor called us to do this past week, last week of a week of prayer and fasting, it was not of his personal ambition, it was not of his desire to elevate his ministry, it was a desire to elevate the church to walk in the will of the Lord. And I believe 2021, as we talked about 2020 being, oh, just unprecedented, it was different. I think in the spiritual realm, 2021 is much more, and I feel in the Holy Ghost. God only gives us so many chances. You're either for the kingdom of God or you are not for the kingdom of God. Your personal kingdom does not build and elevate God's kingdom. What it does is it messes his kingdom up. And last time I checked, you cannot mess up the kingdom of God. And I've seen too many people walk away and fall out of the will of God. And I do believe that God is not the author of confusion But I do believe that if we are not careful in his will, he does weed people out from hindering the direction of where God wants us to go. That is including myself, that is including the elders, that is including our young people, that is including every single person in this church. At this time, we need to be focused to build the kingdom of God now more than ever before. It is not about you, it is not about me, it is about God's kingdom and God's kingdom them at all and I think it is important. Thank you, Brother Arnold and thank you for the McClintock for the focus of repentance if our musicians could come. because repentance gives us the strength to obey conviction. Repentance opens up our eyes and opens up our ears so that we may see, or hear more clearly. Now, obviously, we cannot conclude the topic of kingdom building without referencing, of course, the book of Kings. The book of Kings contains an important source of information about the Israelite kingdoms. And in 1 Kings, we see the gradual decline of the nation of Israel after Solomon, the wealthiest and arguably the wisest man to ever live, decided to build his own kingdom by pursuing the idols of his wives. This resulted in God tearing the kingdom of Israel in two with ten tribes of the north serving King Jeroboam and the tribe of Judah serving King Rehoboam. As the book of kings progressed, Jeroboam set up idol worship in Dan and Bethel for his kingdom. Then all the northern kings followed that same path. And on the other hand, the southern kingdom was able to turn everything around when Rehoboam's grandson Asa. He followed the path of David and sought God. Then the book of first kings ended featuring an evil king in the north named Ahab. And we see how God was working with Ahab through his prophet Elijah, and God cursed Ahab with a drought. But then he blesses him with military victory. And at the end of the story, we see that Ahab does not learn anything from all of God's working. He rebels against God, and what happens? He's killed in the battle against Syria. The lines of kings teaches us this. We are either for the kingdom of God or for our own personal kingdom. Meaning we are either for the kingdom of God or against the kingdom of God and we can never have it both ways. Our personal kingdom will always result in sin. The personal elevation of my wants and my needs, my ministry, Paul Marion's kingdom, will not see clearly and it will fall to sin. There is only one kingdom that is built to last forever, and that is the kingdom of God. And God gave the kings of Israel every single opportunity to repent and turn back to him. But God offers us that same opportunity today. And at some point, God has to say, enough is enough. So we can't take his kindness, his mercy, his grace for granted. We must repent today to submit the will of God. I hope this doesn't offend you, but the world does not revolve around you. Your ministry is not the most important ministry of the sanctuary. You cannot build a kingdom of bitterness by always being angry. Always being miserable, always doubting people. We have a choice. We can either lay in the bed of bitterness or we can walk in faith and achieve what God wants us to have. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but miserable, prideful people do not build on the kingdom of God, they build their own kingdom. And then we get trapped with the thought of, oh, what are they going to do without me then we begin to think that we're irreplaceable I think the scriptures can show us that God doesn't need the wisest or the wealthiest does he no he needs people who put God first he needs people who are hungry for God He needs people who pray for their pastor, that pray for their church, that have a desire to get to know him, that takes a hold of their household and grabs their family and says, this is the house that will serve the Lord. This is the house that will be a house of prayer. This is the vessel that will be used to enhance God's kingdom. It's not about my will. It is about His will, and I tell you what the beauty of it is. When you walk in His will, and you begin to build in His kingdom, the peace is so beautiful. Do you have the answers? No. But God never promised life would be easy, but he promised he'd be there every single step of the way. And you watch the fruit of the Spirit bloom in your household and bloom in your life. And when the world is crumbling down and things are on fire and you don't have the finances you don't know what to do, you feel the closeness and the presence of God. I'm going to build his kingdom. If we can all stand. Ultimately, we need God to replace our agenda with his his heart reflected in our heart. His hopes and dreams for the world become ours. This isn't about adding God's agenda to our own, it's about the fusion of God's heart and ours. For Mark 1:15 says, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And I close with this notice of the call to repentance comes right after Jesus proclaims the arrival of God's kingdom. Answering the call to repent means we turn around and we abandon our own kingdom agendas and adopt the kingdom agenda of King Jesus. Again, I ask, what are you building this morning? Only you can answer that question by inviting those who wish to come in this altar. In the name of Jesus right now, I pray, Lord God, for every person, for every elder, for every mom and dad, for every husband and wife, for every young person, for every young adult, oh, Lord God, for our children. I pray, Lord God, that today would be the day where we build your kingdom in repentance. Let today,
1: About you, hallelujah, Jesus! Praise God! Praise God! Thank you, Brother Mary, and pouring your heart out to this church with such passion. Messages like this I can't oh, I always remember, think of John the Baptist, he came to do one thing, and that was to build the kingdom. And then, before it even came to fruition, they killed him. He didn't even get to see really what he came. But he said, It didn't matter. I've got to decrease, and he's got to increase. Let that be your prayer. Let him increase in your life, in your home, in this church, in your ministry. Let God increase in all things. Thank you, Lord, for your word that we heard this morning. Let us plant it deep down in our hearts. Lord, where we realize this is all about you. You have all things in control, and we want to follow your perfect will and plan for our lives and our family and for this church, Jesus. Bless each one this day. I pray that they would have a great day in you, I pray that you'd help us, God, to be more like you in every way. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Praise God. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. For those who come back at 6 o'clock for our business meeting, have a great day in Jesus.